Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. Lovely to see you, Michael. Lovely to see you too, Fee. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I think. Well, actually, I'm a bit discombobulated, to be honest. Yeah. We're at the beginning of Dis- lockdown 2.0. Mm. Mm. It's a funny one, isn't it? Mm. We haven't got any of the novelty of, uh, of the first lockdown. Clapping no. the NHS. All of that. Mm. It's different. Mm. It is. And shorter days and the light and... Shorter days, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what we have got, though, Fee? What have we got, Michael? We've got a really, uh, a really lovely conversation for our listeners. It's just, uh, I don't know, I think it's a little bit life-affirming, actually, if I uh, may say so. Um, I was listening to it just before coming to speak to you. And I wasn't mm. involved in this conversation. I wasn't. I couldn't be there. So um, it's Al and and yourself. Um, mm. And our guest was just such a such a lovely man. And um, mm. with with this fantastic love of poetry. So yeah. So there's 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 a there's a bit of light amidst these uh, tricky times. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, it was definitely a very affirming experience uh, to Mm. meet our guest and to be in this conversation. So I'm glad that's travelled for you and hopefully it will for everybody listening too. Yeah, I think we did this conversation as part of our open call on National Poetry Day. And um, that was great. That was a great thing to do because it was our first... Uh, experiment with doing it without a kind of host or a partner and just sort of hosting them ourselves as we've discovered that we can now and um, we did have a terrific couple of days meeting all sorts of people Mm. in all sorts of places Mm. yeah that was terrific wasn't it and um, I'm sure it's something that we'll be doing more of so um, thank you to everyone that, um, that that showed up uh, and, and spoke to us and, and shared a poem with us. We're, we're really mm. grateful. Mm. Now, earlier today, Michael, I was out on a walk taking my daily exercise and um, I was speaking to a friend at the same time, actually. I was on my phone speaking to them and they were discussing how much they enjoy listening to podcasts whilst out on a walk and were recommending a a listen for me of saying, oh, you should have a listen to it, take it for a walk sometime. And I'm mentioning this because I think it relates to what people are about to listen to in a kind of different way. I guess in a way this idea of walking and having language and words kind of alongside us and with us. Um, So I just wondered, uh, yeah, it'd just be interesting to hear from people about that. You know, whether anybody else is of a mind to take a listening experience with them be it a podcast or whatever else on their on their daily exercise as we as as we walk our way through through wind and rain and lockdown Hmm. anyway that's maybe something we'll come back to so you're going to be listening to fiona and al talking about a short story of falling by alice oswald the poem that's been a friend to charlie
could you just give it a give it a read for us, Charlie? Yeah, sure. It is the story of the falling rain to turn into a leaf and fall again. It is the secret of a summer shower to steal the light and hide it in a flower. And every flower a tiny tributary that from the ground flows green and momentary is one of water's wishes. And this tale hangs in a seed head smaller than my thumbnail. If only I, a passerby, could pass as clear as water through a plume of grass, to find the sunlight hidden at the tip, turning to seed a kind of lifting rain drip. Then I might know, like water, how to balance the weight of hope against the light of patience. Water, which is so raw, so earthy strong, and lurks in cast iron tanks and leaks along, drawn under gravity towards my tongue cool and fill the pipe of this song which is the story of the falling rain that rises to the light and falls again beautiful lovely thank you charlie H have you read that before uh, only to myself oh well that was a lo lovely reading thank you oh thank you before we talk about the actual poem charlie we'd love to know when you when you two first met i can't remember exactly when it was but it was as soon as it was published because I'm a bit of a, a fan of Alice Oswald, to say the least. So um, I can't remember when it was, but, but, it, but certainly three or four years, I think, maybe slightly longer. But I've been buying all her sort of collections as, as she's gone along. And what was it about, about this one that stuck out for you? I think it's just that um, it, it takes you to the, I suppose, the very essence of uh, nature. And it's got um, that, you know, the life-giving um, forces of water um, and also it's, I suppose it's got physicality and spirituality I think and um, and I just love um, that one couplet um, then I might know like water how to balance the weight of hope against the light of patience mm. so it, it it really was um, a, a love generally of her um, nature poetry I love I love nature poetry and um, and then this, which it feels um, um, very accessible. You actually understand what she's getting at almost on the first read. And then you learn more, as I've discovered even, you know, latterly, um, reading, reading for today, um, that there, there is so much, much in it. And, and, and interestingly, uh, you know, the rhyming couplets, I think, give it a, a wonderful um, rhythm. Which, which is unusual for her because she doesn't do very much, uh, uh, any, many rhyming couplets. Mm. It's yeah. astonishing how, how even with that, and I really noticed it as you were reading it, that it's got this lovely kind of bouncing rhythm and the rhymes just keep propelling us. But what's amazing is that even with all that structure there, as you say, it feels like it could just be somebody talking. It's very accessible. It somehow feels so natural. It does feel like the um, uh, water obviously flows and the poem flows. And, and it has that, um, also has a circular element to it. You know, the first rhyming couplet is a story of the falling rain to turn into a leaf and fall again. And then the end, which is a story of the falling rain that rises to the light and falls again. So that sort of never-ending circle of uh, falling rain, evaporation, falling rain sort of thing, giving life. So, uh, Charlie, you said that um, 
when Al said, have you read it before? You said only to myself. Do you read it aloud to yourself? I do when, when, I, when people aren't um, going to think I'm mad. Mm. <laughs> I've loved walking through, you know, um, the woods and things like that, reading poetry aloud. But, um, and, I, and I have been heard once or twice, but I, I do like that. And I like doing it very loudly. Great. <laughs> so, because I, th- I think some um, poems that I feel quite stuck with, but suddenly then you read it aloud and it sort of suddenly un- unfolds a bit and you realise where sort of the, the breathing elements of the poem, you know, um, uh, are, are and where, you know, where lines break up, really, even though they're not naturally set out as breaks mm. in, in the yeah. print. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I do. I, I think... I, I've heard people say poetry is is written to be read out aloud, and I certainly agree with that. That's amazing, though, that you do actually do it. Did you, I mean, that's just an impulsive thing, the thing of walking and, and incantating into the woods. I remember um, reading something by Jeanette Winterson where she said, well, go out and read, a, read this collection aloud. I can't remember whose collection it was. And that's what I did. <laughs> and are, they, are these just nature poems that you read in the woods, Charlie, or any poetry? Any, any poetry. Yeah. Yeah, Great. yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, I, I try and get um, uh, stuck into to poetry every day. So, um, and, and, of course, when you're walking the dog and you're on, on your own, then, um, you know, you've got license to do all sorts of things, really. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're going in the wood, do you take the copy with you or do you have yes. it in your... Okay, so you're reading from the book in the woods. Yes, yeah. Love I it. I have once or twice fallen over because I'm not looking well. There you go. So. <laughs> Oh, that's wow. fantastic yeah. and this and this this partly started with this Jeanette Winterson advice well yeah I, I think I was probably doing it a bit before but I think it vindicated what I was doing really and you say you try to have poetry in your day every day oh yes definitely several you know several poets if I can and has that been something that's been part of your life for always or did it come and go or yeah well, I, um, I love poetry it's in the latter parts of school. And um, I, I was taught, I don't know if you remember the, the case, but um, I went to school in Bristol and my English teacher, he was arrested falsely, as it turned out, for murder. Mm. And Christopher Jeffries, do you remember that case? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He taught me Blake and um, he was brilliant. And he, he um, I suppose, sowed that then for the rest of, rest of my days, really. But I flirted with it from off and on. But in about the last 30 years, I suppose, I've really been uh, reading. And it's, the joy is, I suppose, um, you can get so much from, from a relatively short read just by you know, taking one or two poems. I know quite a few people who have always got one in the bag, have always got one in the... And they're people whose lives very often don't have much time in them or who are on the move a lot. And so actually, as you're saying, you know, the poem is a, is a compact way of getting that kind of reflection and thoughts happening in a short space of time, you know. I think it's um, uh, good for men- the mental health as well, I think. You know, and, and, and of course, you tend to be attracted to poetry that reflects your own values. But um, but also I, I um, 
I used to work with offenders. And, um, <clears throat> and when I worked with adult offenders particularly, and um, those who, when I worked in the prison for a couple of years, um, they, they did, a, you know, did a lot of poetry writing with them. And that was, uh, that was interesting. I bet it was. Yeah, I mean, some of it was pretty gloomy. Yeah, but, yeah, um, of course. You know, especially the light, you know, lifers. Yeah. But, um, wow, Charlie, that's amazing. So, did you were you doing that in in the prison as part of the prison education? Well, I I was a probation officer in the prison, and um, so it was. I used to do it sometimes just a one to one, you know. So. With life as a probation officer didn't, inside the prison didn't have a great role, but you get you know get to know them, befriend people, and um, and that was a way of conducting a relationship. You know, so they write a poem, then you write something in response, and they write in, in response to you, sort of thing. And it, it really worked with some, and and um, and yeah, and it, and it, it did bind bind you together really, um, in a situation where obviously most of those folk feel pretty alienated. So coming back to the Alice Oswald. Yes, yeah. What is it that you enjoy about her poetry? I, I, it is because it's it's um, nature and it, it's um, it's a bit a bit uh, shall we say gentler than Ted Hughes and, it, and it's a bit like some of Seamus Heaney's poetry and it's I, I you do um, it has that sort of very physicality about it as I was saying about this one really I think you can feel like you can touch what she's what she's talking about and uh, and I not all her poetry for me is immediately accessible but it it becomes accessible and um and I've heard her I think she just moved to Bristol now but um she used to live in Devon and, and I heard her talking about how she'd get up very early in the morning and go out and before her children were awake and I thought yeah so you between her personality and her writing, it all sort of comes together for me, really. Lovely. Mm, so it's a kind of it's a kind of way of being that's inhabited in these poems, isn't there? That that feels like that's very that's speaking to your spirit. Somewhere. Yeah, I I think that's exactly right. I feel like she's got um, life's priorities right. I think it's just amazing this journey in this poem. I just wonder mm. what your what your feeling is about the kind of the journey of the poem, because you start out with it is the story of the falling rain. It's quite, um, it's quite declared, isn't it? And yes, quite yes, out. yeah. It's not very intimate at the beginning. It's quite kind of big, and but then it becomes very personal. It does, and then it, and then it's um, at the end, the, the, the last couplet, you know, which I was saying, which is the story of the falling rain that rises to the light. And falls again, and and um, so yes, it does. It goes from the from the sort of macro to the um, the the, pers- the very personal, very very intimate, really. And the um, the bit I also liked was you know the um, water which is so raw, so earthy, strong, and lurks in cast iron tanks and leaks along drawn under gravity towards my tongue. And I, I like um, I like running, and um, I was very thirsty at the end. So that's what I had that image of of being um, the thirst being quenched, and but also um, as it says fills the pipework of this song. You know, it's, it's what informs informs this poem, um, and it does seem to be the I say the very essence of life that um, we all need water and everything needs water to 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 survive, and this is you know it keeps coming back fortunately. Um, 
and that idea of it rising to the light and in the middle of the poem where it's, you've got that picture of, of the, with the grass, I mean, with the uh, sunlight going through the water, which is always, you know, is, is wonderful. But she's right, you feel like she's right down on the ground. If only I could pass as clear as water through a plume of grass, you know, and so really, really trying to get that very intimate relationship. Mm. It's wonderful that moment, isn't it? If only I, a passerby, could pass as clear as water through a plume of grass to find the sunlight hidden at the tip, turning to seed a kind of lifting rain drip. Yes. I mean, it, it's that, that idea of, of um, the, the needs of the grass being met to, to continue to grow and, and, and to develop and what we all want. But also how it says, I might, you know, know like water, how to balance the weight of hope against the light of patience. So, yeah. Yeah. What's that? What is that for you, Charlie? The- I suppose for me, it's, it's, I mean, the, the, the second line of that is, is um, where we, you know, where you have real hopes and you want them to be realised, but you realise that you're, you're aware that they may not be delivered very quickly or there's a lot of graft to, to, to be done before they are um, fulfilled. And, and of course, water is, uh, has that balancing quality, doesn't it, where it always, it's always balanced, um, where, you know, where, wherever you are. So yeah, so so it's actually you know about um, keeping that that um, balanced mind, that um, uh, and and uh, the awareness of um, hopes are not always immediately fulfilled if they're fulfilled at all. So we do need to be a bit patient. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's that the patience of the of the of the of the natural cycle of not turning immediately into a leaf, but you know, having to go through, to fall and, and go through that whole slow process. And Excellent. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, yeah, that's really good. And I love the, the, the idea of the, the flower um, that from the ground flows green. Yes, yeah. You know, sort of turning gravity. I tend to think of things flowing down, but it's lovely that it's... It's, yeah, it's a cycle yeah, of going yeah, yeah. up and down. Yeah, it is. It's, it is uh, wonderful, and how everything is incredibly vulnerable. Seed head smaller than my thumbnail, but it still can produce this, thanks to water, this beautiful flower. But it, you know, also pointing out that it, you know, flows from the ground, flows green and momentary. You know, so that it's not going to last forever. I love with her though the. I'm noticing so much here is her incredible ability to uh, stretch two very different kind of registers at the same time. So all the way through this, that the balance that you were talking about is there from yeah, the kind so of right. natural. And then we've got this fantastic, you're right. I love the, the lurks in cast iron tanks. Yes, <laughs> You know, it's brilliant the way she just sort of introduces that. She doesn't let herself get caught up in any romantic notion yes, of yeah. nature. She keeps it real, doesn't she? Very, um, very much so. I think that's one of the hallmarks of her poetry as well, really. So aside from the incantation in the woods, <laughs> is there anybody else that you, you know, share your love of poetry with at the moment? Not, um, not um, particularly. I mean, I, I, you know, I read out the poems I try and write and things like that. Um, but... Um, no, I, in that sense, it's quite quite solitary, really. Alice Oswald's work 
and this poem in particular and the way you've spoken about it, there is an intimacy going on here mm. and there is a privacy as well in, in that in some way, not, not a closing down to anybody else, but just that, yes. that need for a quiet consultative space in some way. Well, well I think um, things that are precious and, and you, you take a bit of a risk, don't you, when you sort of share them. And if, if so, and, and it can be quite disappointing, possibly irrationally disappointing, when someone doesn't see the magic that you see, sort of thing. So, yeah. How would you describe the friend that this poem is? I think it's um, it'd be um, a, a reassuring friend, and and because uh, I say cause, uh, you know it's um, its values are, are right, and it would reassure me that um, I'm not completely crazy when I'm striding around the woods reading, reading poetry. So, um, yeah, I, th I think in that way, it's, it's a reassuring and gentle friend, I think. Alice Oswald, A Short Story of Falling. It is the story of the falling rain to turn into a leaf and fall again. It is the secret of a summer shower to steal the light and hide it in a flower. And every flower, a tiny tributary that from the ground flows green and momentary, is one of water's wishes. And this tale hangs in a seed head smaller than my thumbnail. If only I, a passerby, could pass as clear as water through a plume of grass to find the sunlight hidden at the tip, turning to seed a kind of lifting raindrip then I might know, like water, how to balance the weight of hope against the light of patience. Water, which is so raw, so earthy strong, and lurks in cast iron tanks, and leaks along, drawn under gravity, towards my tongue, to cool and fill the pipework of this song. Which is the story of the falling rain, that rises to the light and falls again. That was Al with the gift reading at the end there. Our thanks, of course, to Charlie for allowing us to share that conversation with you and to Alice Oswald and to Penguin for giving us permission to use the poem. Fee, I think you're, you're a big fan of Alice Oswald, aren't you? I am a big fan of Alice it's, Oswald. It's, so it's the first it, Alice Oswald that we've that we've had, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is. And it was great that it was that poem. Um, it's from the collection Falling Awake, which I've got to say, it's definitely, definitely one of my all-time favourite collections. And mm. I think it starts from the title and you mm. go in... I was just going to say, what a fantastic title. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'm really loath to st sort of start wittering on about what it is for me or why or how. Because the poems are so delicate and so strong and so they work in such subtle but powerful ways. They're, they're wonderful poems. Mm. Absolutely wonderful. And lovely. Wonderful that we should have a story from someone who, well, we've had many conversations where people are uh, compelled to action by
by a poem. But this is really in a way where somebody is kind of embodying the mode of being of the poet themselves. They've sort of inherited her kind of world of being and landscape and they're out there in the world sort of inhabiting that that way of looking and that way of being and um, it's wonderful to think about how a poet can inspire us like that. Well Faye you were talking about um, walking and listening at the beginning of uh, the episode and I, it is one of my favourite bits that, that Charlie says where he talks about walking in the forest and uh, speaking these poems out loud and he even mm. says loudly you know he's not just doing it under his breath he's kind of you know and there's a real kind of physicality to that uh, that that you know and, and allows you to get a hold of the muscularity of the words and of the language and I think he's absolutely right it really uh, you kind of have to do that with Mm. poems you know you uh, very kindly uh, last time I saw you gave me uh, a collection of Dylan Thomas poems and it has to be read out loud doesn't it you know something mm. else happens it becomes it reveals itself I think for me when it's uh, when it's read out loud so maybe that's going to be my uh, little lockdown thing is that I'll take some exercise and go for walks with some Dylan Thomas and and loudly read them out loud <laughs> I think that's wonderful. I'm so pleased to know that. And that's all was so beautifully expressed, Michael. Thank you. It was lovely. I remember also, I think it was Tom who brought us the Lake Isle of Innisfree. Uh, that's mm. a long while ago now. But I think he talked about going out, going out to the park with a volume of Yeats. And I'm not sure that he was doing it loudly. I think he was maybe, well, I don't know. Um, maybe he was loudly but yes I think that's it take it out utter it and what a, no better time than now absolutely absolutely uh, Fee anything else we need to talk about you are going to be leading some workshops yes yes got a couple of workshops coming up and, and I've just done one as well and there's so much in what we discover with the poems through talking to people about poems as friends and the work that we're doing together as a team and with our kind of wider community of writers and readers um you know the project involves lots of things the poems themselves the reading aloud the listening the conversation and how these elements kind of combine uh there's they, they have lots to offer different groups of people who might be meeting and um, and interested to be with poetry. So that's we've been doing some workshops for writers around that, around the listening and the conversation of the poem, and also a group of people working with writing for well-being. Obviously, a really busy and vital field mm. of practice at the moment, and. Um, that's been a wonderful invitation to have. And also Sally, who works with us, has been leading some fantastic work with students, um, university students, working with poetry through the idea of Poems as Friend and through the idea of conversation and encounter with the page. So um, It's been really yeah, powerful, that, I think, hasn't it? She's, she's yeah. done some amazing work there. So, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get some opportunities to do more of that. Mm. I think that's about all we've got time for this month, Fee. We'll be back with you next month with more Poems as Friends. 
Until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>